Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. This week I just wanted to cover a couple of things before we jumped into the show. First of all, I'd like to thank a couple of new Patreon backers. Thank you so much to David Hack Friedman, Jeff and Aaron of the All My Fantasy Children podcast, which I highly recommend, and Jake the Fake Jake. Your support means a lot and helps us keep the site up and running and the show coming out every week. Thank you so much. With that out of the way, I think it's time to get back to business. In the time of myth, when gods and mortals walked creation together, as Ashen Mask, Rizzo, and Golden Might of the Dawn prepared to make for the Idol of Mars, Rizzo conjured up a mighty Stormwind Rider to carry them there. In the domain of Mars, perhaps already in the clutch of the bull, what would they find? What challenges would they find? And what ways would the conflicts which rack them all bubble toward the surface? We open following the Stormwind Rider that Rizzo is piloting through the tundra across the taiga toward the idol of Mars. You left at about midday, and the Stormwind Rider travels incredibly quickly. You've been on the road for only about 20 minutes, and you are well beyond the taiga folk settlement. Heavy winds are picking up that chill you especially when coupled with the sheer speed at which you are traveling. The elements here are brutal, but in the time since you left, Harmonious Accord seems to have evened out somewhat, returned to his more familiar self as opposed to the pensive person that was in the longhouse. And Tawia is now turning to all of you as you are piloting your way across the tundra. So, Ashen Mask, we learned a little bit about you back at the meeting, but I gotta say I'm interested that theft of an idol and falling from the sky it seems like you've been living a, a busy life what's your deal Asher mask has the hood of his jacket up and drawn he has a pair of goggles over his eyes and he has been leaning over the sort of safe area that is uh, the perch on top of a tornado, just looking down at the speeding area below him and turns around and goes, I, I'm sorry, this is, this is crazy. What? Oh, sorcery is incredible, isn't it? But I was asking about you, just why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, aside from, you know, the daring do that you've been up to, but who is Ashen Mask? Oh, I'm, I'm no one of any import, really. I, uh, you know, I, I grew up here in the north, you know, like you do. I, no, uh, I grew up in the south. I grew up on the Blessed Isle. I grew up in Jaway. All terrible places. I grew up in the north and, you know, had some, uh, some dealings with some unsavory folks. Like yourself? Salty. Hey, now, there's no need to be rude. I was just asking for you to describe them a little bit more. <laughs> of course. Well, you know, when uh, when your family business is mostly selling off other people's things, you tend to meet a lot of unsavory people. So, uh, yeah. Explains just, why we got along so easily. Yeah, just went into the family business. And uh, unfortunately, that meant going into business with my family. And that wasn't great. And uh, yeah, so this whole thing, he points to his forehead and the glimmer of his cast symbol shimmers briefly. So that happened when my idiot brother got captured 
trying to steal this. And he brings out the golden chakram that he has had on his waist. Fascinating. Your brother got you into that, of all people. Yeah, he's very impatient and uh, decided he was going to go in ahead of schedule and try to steal this out of a dragon blooded's house. Oh, that's a bad move. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Yeah, it's a real bad move. It's really not that bad of a move. I've I've heard other people do that before. And Goldie kind of like looks off to the side. I can guarantee you right now they would have not left my, my home alive or even whole. Oh, if I hadn't have been there, no. He was actually about to be, uh, he was going to be hanged during their party. See, normally we were going to steal mm, him during yeah. the party, but he became the entertainment. Sounds about right. Yeah. That's Dennis. Yeah. I mean, present company excluded? I'm not really a dynast anymore. Yeah, good. They they wouldn't take me back even if I wanted to. Which you wouldn't go even if they wanted you to. Probably not. Yeah, so uh, got him out of the jail. Also managed to snag this. Weird thing is, when I grabbed it, I got sort of blasted with craziness and uh, superpowers. So that was fun. It was super great and managed to drag his idiot ass out of that house. That's quite a tale. I haven't heard of someone exalting during a theft before. That's kind interesting. It's actually opposite. pretty cool. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess the big guy upstairs really liked how I do business. I mean, that thing's so. ancient. It appears to be a lot older than I even thought. When I was getting this thing and he pulls out the idol, so now he has a five-dot artifact chakram in one hand and the idol of air in the other, and he's looking at, when I got this one from the Fae, I had a flashback, this was involved, and maybe I was involved, but it wasn't me. I don't know. It's very weird. Okay. We are going to need to have you talk to Cascade of Joyous Rhapsodies at some point, probably. She will have an idea as to what that all means, probably. She likes esoterica and essence and all of that sort of stuff. She's phenomenal with it. I'll have to arrange that meeting because hopefully she can set some of that stuff straight. Also, can you please not wave it around? We are in a tornado, which is not exactly stable. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, good point. He puts the idol back into his coat. And with that, we cut to a few more sort of sweeping shots from above as you are careening through these sort of increasingly desperate plains as the weather is intensifying. It is getting colder and colder and windier. Snowdrifts are picking up until we see through the shadows of snow, you on the Storm and Rider drive past what is a small tower and we can see a figure a taiga folk at the top of that tower as you are passing grab a horn and start to blast it as you fly by before they are able to even ascertain who you are or where you're going however you are off they don't try to give chase they're too high in their tower to do it but a signal has been sent and it's not long now you've been traveling for all of two and a half hours before you find yourselves going through this area that has remained untouched by people for a while now, deliberately so. These massive creatures lumber along, animals that are familiar but surprisingly menacing. There are reindeer with surprisingly sharp horns. There are mammoths that seem to have breath that 
melts the ice around them. There are surprisingly aggressive seals. Any sort of element of nature here seems to be intensified and sharpened to a dangerous point. And then, in the shroud of the cold, you find yourselves at the base of a large mountain. The Stormwind Rider is able to maneuver up the mountain, but it is treacherous. There's a lot of switchbacks and loose rocks. You continue to climb until it feels as though you are banking past the clouds, and as you are breaking through a heavy sheet of fog, you would swear that it's about 2 in the afternoon, 3.30 at the latest, but it looks like you have crested this hill into a sunrise. There is red-gold light that pierces everything. The air around you is suddenly surprisingly warm, and you pull to the top of a hill, and you can see, nested and built into the peak of this mountain, an elaborate temple, hewn from red stone and jade. There's an enormous courtyard below you, and several spiraling arms of the temple, but at the center of it, there is a pagoda hewn from the living red rock. And at the top of this, you can clearly see a figure, frozen, hewn from bronze, crouched in a powerful stance, arms extended into the air, grabbing onto an enormous piece of rock that appears to be red hot. You can see that it disturbs the air around you, but those disturbances are frozen. Everything here seems to be frozen. It is red and angry where it meets this figure's body. You can see veins of red coursing through them, even from the impressive distance that you find yourselves at. And you can tell that the peak, the top of this enormous boulder, is it? Maybe even a meteor, is still cool. The corona of heat is only beginning to spread now, and you can see actually licks of flame and of the disturbances that it causes through the air all around you, caught in a moment. And then you hear a droning, a humming. Not all here, it would seem, is asleep. At the bottom of this slope, you have crested a slope, you are looking down at this temple that then ascends into the peak of the mountain, and at the base of the temple itself there is a courtyard which you are looking at. There must be a hundred figures, each of whom possesses a number of different armaments, moving in perfect unison through various drills, swingings of swords. They turn and clash against each other, and there is one figure prowling along the front of these ranks, taller than all of the rest, issuing commands. These figures are all four-armed, and they all seem to be hewn from the same blood-red stone as the rest of the temple. They don't speak. They only seem to exhibit this strange, unearthly hum. What do you do? So Golden Might of the Dawn looks over and she cracks her knuckles and looks to the rest of the party. Well, I didn't get to fight the bull and I've got a little bit of pent up feelings I'd love to get out. Can we wreck them, Rizzo? I, I take it that means you want to go head on and not around the side then? Why would we go around the side? I don't know. It's just sort of what I do. You go around the side? Is that how you get into a building? Yeah. You know what? You're a thief. That probably is how you go around the building. Rizzo, what would you like to do? 
because you are the one who started this hunt for the idols. And I think that how we get them should be for you. I think that... Mm, and she looks between Ashen Mask and Goldie. She kind of just sits. I think this is the first time that it's dawned on her that she's on this quest. Like what Goldie said kind of hit her a little bit that she's on this quest with two, completely two different people than she started out with. Things have changed drastically and these options in the past have not presented themselves like this before. This is not what, you know, Ariston or Godwin would do. They would probably be on opposing sides, but the obvious choice would be apparent. Now things are kind of muddled and Rizzo is having a hard time seeing which one is more right, but she trusts Goldie. I think we'll just go head on. It's worked in the past before with these. Sometimes the sides can hold more trouble than we asked for. So I think I'm going to trust my gut. We're going to go head in. I'll say Mars loves a fight. I would now. All right. So do you wind down the Stormwind Rider as you descend? Yes. So it's kind of like a, a gradual decrease as if it's like a stepping down ladder or a stepping down stairs. It'll drop a little, go forward, drop a little, go forward till we jump on the ground from the last gust. And as you move into the courtyard, there are a number of different like pine trees in the courtyard that are currently being blown back and bent, distorted by the force of this colliding meteor. And there's stone that serves as the base of of the courtyard that is displaced some pieces actively float around you but the second you step in to the courtyard itself the figure leading the drills turns to you her red face is completely flat and expressionless she strikes the spear she is holding with its butt against the ground and the soldiers behind stand at attention forming Ranks somehow even neater than the ranks you were looking at before. The tall figure then draws her long sword, then takes up a bow in another one of her hands, and fires a warning shot in your direction as the amassed soldiers behind her begin to move forward following her. Everybody roll join battle. Rizzo got eight successes. Perfect. 11 with my plus three. All right, Ashen Mask. I dropped about 15 essence on this, and about four different charms, and I am at 14 successes. Perfect. I feel like you got cheated. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> Tawia is at 11 initiative. Boop, boop, tied with Tawia. Tepet Harmonious Accord is at six. Sucka. The leader of the bunch, you know her well. She's at nine, and the battle group is at four. So, Ashen Mask, you won join combat. What do you do? All right. Well, as a side effect of winning join battle with all of the various charms that I used, I get to attack dexterity number of different opponents. Of course, there's only two, I believe. Correct. I'll attack both of them. And I'll do a decisive on both of them. The first one won't reset my initiative. And the second one, depending on how I do on damage, I will get a bonus to my initiative afterwards. Cool, cool, cool. So 
go ahead and uh, describe what that looks like for us. So as everyone is stepping down, coming out of the tornado and all the rest of the battle group and their leader are readying themselves for battle. Ashen Mask seems to have slipped away, uh, almost blending into the background before leaping out from the side as he always likes to be. And his chakram flies out and appears to hit every single one of the four armed uh, minions as it whirls its way back around, hits the pagoda, and then flies face first into their leader. Perfect. So I'll give you a one dot stunt for that. And so take plus two dice on your roll. Are you attacking the battle group or the leader first? It sounds like the battle group, but yeah. we can resolve these in any order. I'll do the battle group first. Perfect. You are competing with a parry value of six. All right, and one of the other nice things in the charms that I used is I get an extra number of dice. That is the difference between my initiative and who I'm attacking on this decisive attack. Oh, Lord. Ten. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay, so that's 12 successes. All right, well, you hit their parry of six. <laughs> so you have a 14 initiative, and you do, for the record deal one point of damage to this battle group for every three dice you have automatically. So you are already dealing with a four damage base before you roll this. Fabulous. So that's six damage from the roll. And then I said you had four, right? Yes. yes. So you have cleared their magnitude track with your ten points of damage. They will need to route to see if they scatter. But we will get to that on their turn. So you have five points of initiative over the leader, who has a parry value of seven. All right. And I have seven successes. Hey, that'll do it. And that's six damage on the roll for that. And uh, I get when I reset... Uh, extra initiative equal to the nines and tens I rolled on the damage. So that is an extra four on Ooh, the reset. So you are at initiative seven now. Yes. Perfect. I will say that you brought her down to her second minus one health box. Dag. That's a lot of health box. She has many, many health boxes. So Ashen Mask has gone this round, which brings us to Golden Mind of the Dawn and Tawia acting second as the Chakram flies back into Ashen Mask's hand and you can see the neat formation that had been charging start to break as a number of these soldiers start to stumble forward and the leader must put forward her arms and cross them in order to block the chakram as it lands and it actually carves deep grooves into her stony skin in her forearms so it looks almost as though two of her arms are almost not on right anymore tawia draws their two sticks they are relatively short, and they have star metal caps, and they swing them a number of times and poise, but I'm going to let Golden Might of the Dawn do her thing first. Well, I was actually going to say, can I intimidate the battle group since they have to do a route check to like 
make them fail or they are unless you are going to use one of your cast abilities that lets you terrify the unterrifiable yeah these would otherwise be considered unterrifiable yeah no i figured they would otherwise be considered unterrifiable but i don't have to do any motes i'm a don i can just do it Okay. Yeah. So Golden Might of the Dawn is actually going to clap her hands together. And when she does, she does it in such a way that the rings on her middle fingers collide. And it sends a ring, almost like a bell, throughout this entire courtyard. As she starts to pull her hands away, in what would have been the air there, she seems to almost summon a giant grim scythe, which she does a few quick twirls with, and it sends gushes of hot air coursing through the battle group, and she bellows at them, lay down, rockheads, or I'm coming for you, and takes a firm stance. All right. Um, Go ahead and roll charisma plus presence. Uh, for this, I have a passive plus one because I'm doing a presence roll and I have Tiger's Dread Symmetry. And I also have the Dawn Cast Effect, which gives me two dice because it is my essence divided by two rounded up. Um, and it's also what is allowing me to intimidate these. And then I am going to roll the five dice of my presence and the four of my charisma. Perfect. You also will roll an additional two dice for your stunt. If you succeed on this, they will take on an additional two points of difficulty to succeed at their route roll. Seven. Okay, so that is a success. You can see strange looks of perturbance break across the faces of these statues. Some of them almost seem to turn to each other, giving each other puzzled looks. And we will now move to Tawia's turn, who will take their sticks and actually clap them together twice as they advance toward the leader, sending out these bright red sparks. And they will then spin them a couple of times, hold them backwards, and Tawia is going to sort of skid low using their relatively small size and try to whack at the knees, essentially, of this statue. They are going to be using their excellency on this, which is actually, instead of granting them any additional dice, is going to reduce the target difficulty of this roll to four. So fours and up will grant successes on this roll, and we're going to roll that now. That was actually like four or five threes on that roll, but they did get a total of ten successes against the onslaught penalty now inflicted upon the leader of six. That will add four to their base damage of 14, giving them 18 dice against the soak value of... (laughs) 14. That leaves them actually dealing their minimum damage of four. Hooray. And that is a single point of damage. So this figure is incredibly stable, unsurprisingly being hewn from stone. So Tawia strikes her knees and sparks fly from it as Tawia skids on the other side and they steady themselves, surprised at how unmoved the figure is. So that will drop the figure to eight initiative and Tavia will gain two bringing them to 13 it is now rizzo's turn what will you do rizzo so rizzo's gonna go after one of the minions whichever one is closest to her i imagine she's dead center and um the opening of where they are the doorway so she's just gonna go to whichever one's closest so rizzo is going to use excellent strike she will 
remove her sword from behind her and it feels as though it's been a while since they've been in, in action together. And it's kind of like a magnetic click between the base of the sword and her hand where it locks into place kind of like a negative and a positive connecting together. It just makes sense. And the energy flows through them like all together. She goes for a quick lunge forward, trying to strike the minion with the tip of her sword and drive it straight through. Um, And that's it. Perfect. So go ahead and roll your withering attack and add two extra dice and a bonus success. That's a two dot stunt that was very, very evocative. Eight successes. Perfect. So that beats their parry of five. Subtract seven from your base damage of 15, I believe. So roll eight dice for damage. Two successes. Alrighty. So now that they are a size two battle group, they are at seven out of nine magnitude before they even see if they are still together. That will bring us after Rizzo to the leader of the battle group, who is going to turn and strike at Tawia, who was behind them. They made the first overture, and so retaliation will be met in kind. She plants her spear and actually uses it as a sort of lever, dragging her sword against the stone, causing it to send a cloud of dust, and then launching herself through that cloud of dust to strike at Tawia on the opposite side of it. That is nine successes against Tawia's evasion score of six, which means that three are going to be added to the base damage of the sword, which is 16. So that's 19 versus Tawia's soak of six. So 13 damage dice coming at Tawia. All right, things could have gone a lot worse. Tawia manages to drive their sticks up at the last second, redirecting the blade, and they pull back, surprised at just how nearly they did not manage to block that. They lose three initiative, and the leader gains four, bringing her up to 12 initiative and dropping Tawia to 10. That then brings us to Harmonious Accord's turn, who is going to join the pylon and attack the leader. Okay, so Harmonious Accord grabs the chakram from his belt, and in a swirling gust that is familiar to none of you actually have seen him fight before (laughs) so this is your first time seeing him as small eddies of air gather up beneath his feet as he begins to take a couple of small prancing steps and then begins to actually spin on a small eddy of air and uses that momentum to fling his chakram at the leader Gaining eight successes, meaning that's three over her defense right now. However, his base damage of 17 is not going to break her soak of 14, so he's going to be rolling three damage dice. Because the statue just faced an attack from a chakram, she actually sees Harmonious Accord's attack coming, and she catches it in the newly carved groove in her arm, and sends it flinging back at Harmonious Accord, who manages to catch it at the last second. His initiative goes up by one, but she does not lose any. 
It is now the battle group's turn. They are going to roll their willpower of four against a difficulty of four to stay together. (laughs) They rolled one success. So what happens is they look upon everything that's happened. They, it would seem, have existed for this very purpose for a long time, for who knows how long. And in that waiting, they found themselves comfortable in a sort of groove, in a sort of routine, moving through exercises and katas in this courtyard that has been disrupted as they have been attacked as you threaten them. And each of them slowly drops to its knees, lays down its arms, and lays those arms in front of them in the way they would at the start of a training drill. Each of them sits on their knees, waiting patiently for the command to begin their exercises once again. They are no longer fighting you. And we go to the top of the round. Everybody regains five motes. And it looks like at the top of the round, the leader actually has the most initiative. She sees that her soldiers have sat down, that they have given up, that they are simply awaiting to resume the training that was meant to be for this very fight, this destined moment. She is not satisfied with that. She will not stop. That's impossible. She looks the person who somehow cowed her army. You didn't think it possible, but you see disgust play over this stone face as she takes her one free hand, the hand that would ideally be used to draw back an arrow in her bow, and places it at the base of her longsword and comes driving at you. She makes no show of it as she did with Tawia. She does not try to kick up dust or play a dirty game. She is just charging directly for you, Golden Might of the Dawn. What is your defense score? My parry is eight because I am going to be spending six motes on an excellency to boost my parry of five by three. Perfect. And I will say, if she hits you then she is going to replace your soak value with your resolve value. That's literally half the difference. So that is six. She launches in with her longsword leaping forward toward you, driving it at you. How do you block it? Golden Might of the Dawn flips her hand on her scythe and sweeps it up using her other hand to kind of knock the sword up higher with additional force before circling the scythe back around and having it ready to behead this rock leader. Perfect, and it is now your turn, so what do you do? I behead her, except I need way more initiative, so. (laughs) So riding on the momentum of having knocked the leader's sword away, Golden Might of the Dawn is going to burst into a kind of glowing gold that is going to cover her body as she uses Falling Scythe Flash and Greatest Killer Attitude, which are going to double her strength for raw damage as well as convert the strength number of dice into post-soak damage. And what this looks like is that not only does her skin glow but warmth seems to radiate from her. Even in this place where it has been almost hot, she feels burning like a fire, and her scythe reflects that. It becomes golden and radiates this additional heat into the air that is almost melting to the leader. 
perfect. Go ahead and add two dice and an automatic success, and then roll your accuracy. Uh, six successes. So you do just manage to break through her defenses. So you have 19 base damage with five that were converted to post-soak dice? Uh, no. So I have 24 damage, and five of them are turned into automatic successes post-soak. Automatic successes post-soak. Okay. Yes. So that's 10. So roll five dice because five of them are guaranteed successes. That was one success plus five automatic successes. Um, And so it is still six successes. Correct. So you launch back at her faster than she had anticipated. You catch her. You still are striking stony skin, so you don't break through the way that you had thought. And she rolls against the blade of the scythe as a defensive maneuver, essentially following its curve to roll herself out. But she lands perched in a defensive stance with one knee on the ground looking at you as she drops to six initiative and you jump to 18. If I were you, I would stay down. Perfect. And it is now Talia's turn. They are going to do the same thing. They are going to actually this time instead spend six motes to add an additional three dice to their pool. And then they have a base value here of four or a difficulty number of four. 12 successes, which means she only has to face two remaining points of her soak. Tawia will then roll 12 dice for damage as they are taking advantage of the hole that Golden Might of the Dawn left to come and strike the, the leader as she is crouched down. They will actually attempt to strike from behind in such a way that will, assuming this thing has senses that are tied to her head. They are striking essentially the base of her neck, trying to disorient her. That is six damage, which actually will crash her. So Tawia jumps in and they strike the back of the statue's head in such a way that she falls and crumples on the ground as Tawia takes their sticks and strikes them together a couple of times. Assuming a markedly aggressive stance over this statue, they were attacking before, but Tawia suddenly seems possessed of the capacity to do something horrible here. So mathematically, the leader is now at zero initiative. Tawia gains seven initiative plus five, so that's 13 initiative. They are at 23 initiative. And we move to the next character in initiative order, who is Rizzo. What will you do? So Rizzo is going to use Excellent Strike again. And she's just going to go after the main boss, I guess. This time, how far away would you say they are? You can easily close the distance, probably 25, 30 feet. Okay. Um, so she's just going to run to gain some momentum and speed, but she's going to have her sword in both hands, but to her right side and kind of make a uppercut motion with the sword and come down with a larger force in the same diagonal way, just towards the core of the body, not towards the head or any specific limbs or anything. Mm-hmm just to try to penetrate the stone or gash it as much as she can. So go ahead and roll your accuracy plus two. That's a one-dot stunt. 
Nine successes. Nine successes. Okay. So that is five over her defense right now, Mm -hmm. lowering her effective soak to nine. So subtract nine from your damage and then roll that. So Uh, six. Oh, six. Yeah. One success. Oof. Well, they are now at negative one. She is. And you are at 10 initiative as your strike normally would have been decisive. But between her stone skin and the fact that she's actually already been laid so low, you weren't able to account for a lot of the momentum and struggle that would normally be involved there. She's just so on the ropes that you weren't able to put her much further in a pinch. That now leaves us with Ashen Mask and Harmonious Accord finishing up the bottom of the round. Ashen Mask, what are you going to do? As the Golden Chakram came back into Ashen Mask's hand, uh, he had spent so much peripheral essence that right now he is ablaze in dark purple essence, and his very features are blurred by the essence around him, seeming to be lost within the darkness. And within that, the chakram glows bright, spinning within his hand. Even as he holds onto it, it seems to almost be the corona of a black hole as it pulls the essence down into the light of it. And he throws, aiming directly for the grooves he's already made to try and literally disarm his opponent. Perfect. So, did I give you a two-dot stunt yet this combat? Uh, no. No. Then that is a two-dot stunt for you. So add two dice and an automatic success. And then before we narrate the end of this, so we'll go through you rolling your accuracy and damage, we are then going to resolve Harmonious Accord because he's on the same turn, so we can actually sync up that final description nicely. But go ahead and roll. Eight successes on that. With the one, so nine. So that is... Six over her defense of what is now three brings her effective soak to eight. So roll damage minus eight. Five successes. Ooh. All right. So that's going to take you up to 12 initiative and her to negative six. But let's check in with our friend Tepet Harmonious Accord, who has seen the statue fall to the ground and she is now struggling to get up turning and he sees that ashen mask is preparing this attack and tries to essentially follow the reverse arc of what you are preparing so that when he throws this chakram and it strikes it will hit basically unexpected so that's seven so that is his base damage of three on which he gets one success So she's at negative seven, he is at nine initiative, and as your chakram meets her arms, she is so down in initiative right now that I am going to say that this actually effectively tears off these two arms that she is using to block, leaving her bow and the hand that would, like, generally fire arrows clattering to the ground amidst the floating stones. And as that shock curls over her face tepid harmonious accords chakram basically wangs her on the side of the head ineffectually as she turns looks confused at him and then turns to ashen mask furious we are at the top of the round tawia is at the top of the initiative order with 23 the statue has two defense 
they are going to follow up the opening that Ashen Mask left. They are going to roll from behind the statue to in front of her. A corona of red hot essence begins to eddy around the edge of the sticks as Tawia seeks to drive the two of them essentially into the chin of the statue and decapitate her essentially by causing the stone that constitutes her neck to shatter so that's 11 successes which this is a decisive attack so that doesn't actually matter that much so now they are going to be rolling 23 dice for damage so that was 12 damage so Tawia does in fact drive both of their sticks into the statue's neck and it shatters sending the head flying and it lands with a cool thud against ground that does not react to its landing for it is frozen in time though she was not Tawia wipes sweat from their brow and looks at you all of you about what I expected from the old lady. You guys ready? Do you need to take a moment and take a breath? Like, we totally beat the bull here. By, like, days, maybe. So if you need breath, no? No. Okay. This, we're good. I'm fine. We should probably head in. Chances are Mars just wanted to make sure that we were resolute enough before Agreed. entering her temple. That are threatening enough, and Goldie allows herself a smirk at the battle group that is bowed waiting their drill. And Ashen Mask has gone in front of the battle group that is kneeling and is just waving his hand in front of their face looking for any sort of reaction. And there is none. Nice job. Thanks. You know, I try to talk things out when I can. You know what? I genuinely wish that we had a chance to get into fights. When we were traveling around together, because frankly, I did not expect an anathema with a chakram to be as good as you are. And qu frankly, I'm shocked. Uh, I'll take that as a compliment. So what are y'all going to do? There is at the end of the courtyard, essentially the the gate, the large door to the inside of this pagoda carved from the living mountain. That seems to be the core of the temple here. But there are some sort of surrounding areas that might house various supplies or frankly given the nature of mars and the essence in this strange area who knows what might wait there for you well rizzo and gold might of the dawn swings the scythe over her shoulders what do you want to do straight and narrow dead ahead should we take the sides and she gives a little glance to ashen mask as ashen mask is already looking in windows where he can get in i think we should just go in i mean we've already done what we can going in the first time i say we might as well just keep going in and uh i'm not going back out and around to go in through a side well i just meant like one of these little shuddy things but yeah let's go do we knock or do we break it down can we break it down and she looks at ashen mask can you break down a door Ashen Mask looks at the large, sturdy-looking door and shakes his head. Oh, no, probably not. I could, I could try knocking. And he walks up and knocks on the door using the chakram just as a makeshift knocker. And it slowly opens for you. Oh, well, that was creepy. You see Crimson Red Essence play down the seam of the door as it creaks open, pushing it aside. Whew. Well... You can go first, and she pats Ashen Mask on the back. I mean, it opened for you. Oh, 
please, no. Uh, age before beauty. <laughs> Rizzo just walks in. <laughs> so, you can see the dimensions of the pagoda around you. You are essentially in a single large square chamber. At the back, there is a set of wooden stairs, beautiful lacquered wood that leads upward. There are a couple of fires that are in corners, in torches, on braziers, and incense is thick in the room. As the lot of you enter, you see a figure emerging from the thick smoke of the incense, tall and broad, aged and scarred. The Bull of the North steps forward and says, I did not expect you to take so long to get here. Welcome. Are you ready for some piping? Hot. Goss? That's right. It's time for lunch at the Tiger Folk Longhouse. I heard y'all were having something of a rough time. I figured I'd come down here, see if I could uh, just give y'all a little pep talk. What? Who told you we're having a hard time? We're not having a hard time at all. We are totally fine, aren't we, Rizzo? We're super fine. Talia uh, told me they work closely with me. And uh, we all have a very special interest in the lot of you. Well, for someone with a special interest, you cut Rizzo off. You had asked me a question and then immediately segued into speaking to Rizzo. So I was just answering that question first. But Rizzo, go ahead, please. By all means, talk. You look a little bit flabbergasted there. Once demanded me to talk before. Uh, I do. I do think we need help. If we could use a pep talk, I'm a little scared. I know we can do this, but. All right. All right. I'll see what I can do to put y'all at ease. Tell me. What you're feeling, like, what? what is the source of your unease, and maybe I can do something about smoothing that over. I feel like I would like Ash and Mask to stop staring at me. You're really just weirdly pretty. I mean, it's odd. I think that's that's the source of my main problems right now. Is that I'm so pretty I'm weird? Yeah. Anyone ever told you that? No. Literally no one has ever told me I am so pretty that I'm weird. Well... I'm happy to be the first. I don't, that doesn't even sound like a compliment. I don't know if it is. Are you insulting me then? I don't know. Well, that sounds to me like it might be a problem of acclimation. You aren't used to each other yet. And quite frankly, Ash and Mask staring like that is a violation of the general social contract. Maybe try to rein it in a little bit. But also, if you do get comfortable with each other and familiar, then the staring won't be necessary because... You'll have your basic feelings figured out. Nicely put. Really? Because I, I feel a little bit more uncomfortable and that I am suddenly very interested in this table. What kind of wood do you think this table is? Hard? I think it's hardwood. It's a good wood well, choice. if you're never willing to directly face your problems, you're never going to find that they're solved. Also nicely put. Yeah, come on. Directly face me. No, you make me really uncomfortable. Is it because I'm really pretty? No, you are not. I'm really pretty. But apparently I'm so pretty that I'm weird. Normally, I would actually recommend in this sort of situation that if someone's making you uncomfortable, you distance yourself from them. But the nature of the situation means that you do have to find a way to work together, which is why I'm suggesting you, if you can't sort your stuff out just naturally, just really take a second, get to know each other, and hopefully that staring will wind down and you can operate as colleagues or hopefully even friends. My name is Golden Might of the Dawn and I would rather be killed than captured and I would not be caught dead in Kitty Gust. 
there we go. That's me in a nutshell. I'm not asking that you get this over as fast as possible. <laughs> Trying to weasel your way out of it like a cat that's being held in someone's hands that wants desperately to <laughs> escape is only going to make the problem get worse. I'm going to get all scratched up. Don't wriggle. You just got to you got to figure out how to how to deal with me. Don't don't scratch me. Don't do it. Listen I, to the man. I'm going to do so much more than scratch you, and none of it's going to be pleasant. But boy, howdy, am I going to look so pretty that I look weird doing it? All right, well, clearly one of you doesn't want to resolve the situation and would prefer that things stay uncomfortable. I don't blame you. It's weird, and like I said before, in literally any other circumstance where you were not relying on each other for immediate survival, I would actually recommend extricating yourself from someone who continues to leer at you. That's incredibly inappropriate behavior. Yeah, this and isn't leering. Yeah, it's it's not leering. Leering I'm used to. Whatever it is, I need you guys to figure it out because I can't have this on my team. When I met you and Godwin and Ariston, even though Godwin was a total shit, I thought that I had finally found friends. And I've been looking everywhere for friends. And then Godwin left. And you know what? That was fine. I didn't really like Godwin. He said lots of mean things about me. And then the Bull of the North killed Ariston. And that was terrible because I thought that I could be friends with the Bull of the North because we did that snowball fight and it went so well. And I thought Ariston and I were friends and Ariston and I were friends. And now Ariston is dead. And then Ashimas keeps staring at me weird. And I don't think he wants to be my friend. And now he told me that I'm weird. I think you need to fix this, buddy. <laughs> Oh, look at the time. I got a meeting. Uh, bye. Yeah, I regret to inform a lot of you that I am sufficiently out of my depth. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you'd like to get in touch with the show or Quinn, feel free to send us an email to swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Swallows of South and on Facebook and Tumblr at Swallows of the South. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes. It's a great help and always helps get the word out there to more new people. Our theme song is new by Elvis Herod, and I hope you have a wonderful week. See you next Tuesday.